Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GODIGITAL, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them, from the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. You've probably seen the shows where ghost hunters go to spooky places to look for entities and use equipment to capture them. Well, believe it or not, one of the tools they use are special technical cameras. But behind the scenes, ghost hunters are a lot like genealogists. They look for documents and images to help determine what might be going on in these haunted places. This episode is part of my series on how other professions use historical images. With over 25 years of experience researching the unknown, Dustin Perry brings exciting and positive lectures about the paranormal all over the country. As part of the sci-fi television's Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunters International, and appearances on Destination Truth and Ghost Nation, Dustin has traveled the world over looking for answers and expanding his understanding of the unseen realm. Dustin's fascination with the paranormal began with an encounter he had with a spirit in his childhood home. In his efforts to better understand what had happened and why, he has traveled across the United States to 27 countries upon six different continents, learning a little more with each step of his journey. And along the way, he's done a lot of research, too. My guest today is Dustin Perry, and Dustin is a healthcare worker and motivational speaker by day and a paranormal researcher the rest of the time. And if you're wondering, Maureen, you've gone off the deep end. How could this possibly have anything to do with photographs? Well, Dustin's part of a series that I've been working on, which is how other people use photographs, not just family historians. So Dustin, thank you so much for being on The Photo Detective. It's my pleasure, Maureen. Thanks so much for having me today. We had a preliminary conversation about a month ago, sort of talking about, you know, what you do other than your day job. And mm-hmm. you mentioned that you love photographs and that photographs are, are kind of important to what you do as a paranormal investigator. 
Yeah, indeed. You know, I mean, dating back to some of the earliest attempts to document paranormal activity to capture the other side, you know, people have used photography, both to, to you know, to, to good and to, to ill gains, you know, because of course, some people try to, to fake that kind of stuff. But it's still something that we're, we're using new technology and the, the new ways that people do photography today in order to try to capture some type of evidence of the other side or ghostly visitors or loved ones that check in from time to time. But you use old photographs, too, to do the research. For sure. Indeed. It's very important. A lot of times, you know, they ask us to come into a, a historical location. You know, I've had the opportunity to have done research on six continents in 27 countries. And a lot of times you're following up on old cases and looking for family members, perhaps, that lived here before. And you'll use old photographs to see what that person looked like. So this way, if you see an image or you capture an image, you try to see if it matches up. Sometimes there's even like true crime type stories that come into play. And as you're trying to do some research, you'll look at some of the old investigative photos from the crime scene. And just seeing how the building was structured at a different time. There's something we, we look at that we call residual apparitions, ones that are not what we would call true spirit, but they follow a path, an energy path. So maybe that one that walks through a wall, if we look at old photographs, we see, well, there was actually a doorway there when this person may have been alive. And so that's why this energy is following that path because it, it sees the only, only the old path. It's not seeing what we see today. So there's many layers to how we use photography, both in trying to gain new evidence and also to, to learn more about the people and the places that we're researching. Right, so most of my listeners are family historians or photo historians. And we think of the pictures that we use in a particular way, right? We're trying to find photographs of our ancestors or trying to find pictures of the houses where they lived or places where they resided. And you're using these photographs in an entirely different way. You're trying to document something that someone has told you about. And you can, listeners, you can believe this or not, but Dustin has traveled the world and is a very well-respected paranormal researcher, just like the guys on TV. And you have some TV credits as well, don't you? Yes, indeed. I was on regional ghost hunter series for the better part of a decade. I was always kind of part-timer because I, I still work in healthcare. But then I also traveled exclusively for just over two years doing Ghost Hunters International. And I've had other appearances on shows like Destination Truth and Ghost Nation. And uh, it has been a remarkable journey. And I totally get it. You know, I, I understand from, from a listener's perspective, someone who doesn't enjoy the paranormal research uh, aspect of things. It, and listen, it's completely fine to have your own opinion and ideas about things. But I'm also very skeptical. So I want that to be put out there. I, don't, I do not take everything brought to me as uh, hard evidence of the afterlife. But I've been doing this since I was 15. It's over over 20 something years, you know, of doing this type of work. And I've seen a lot that have kind of opened my eyes to many things that I didn't think were possible. Well, first off, let's, I want to ask you some questions about the new technology you're using, the new photographic technology, but I also mm -hmm. want to know if you have a case that you worked on where these sort of older photographs became an important source for you. Yeah, sure. You know, outside of just, we do get a lot of people that think they're visited by loved ones from the past. And so having a photo of, of that loved one allows us to look at any new things that we may document on video or on, through photography efforts and see if it matches up. But I, one of my favorite cases I did was down in South America in this tiny little place called Office Street Castle. And Castle is being used very generously here. It was kind of like a two-floor a uh, little building that's now run down in between nightclubs. 
And But it was a spot that was actually a family-owned little castle, and there was a murder mystery that happened there. And as we were looking through the photographic evidence and we're looking through the old documentation of, of the crime that happened and uh, conducting our research and trying to reach out to one of the two brothers that lived there and the mother that passed away, we find that in the photograph, we see the fact that the gentleman that they had accused of the crime, he was left-handed. Uh, but the weapon uh, that was used was was documented to have been used with the assailant's right hand. So it raised a lot of questions. So this is kind of like a fun little twist on what we do. We're not just comparing photographs of, of images of facial features and things to try to match it up, but it was, it was like a true crime piece. So that was kind of fun to, to fall into as well. Mm. And what about the new technology you use? I mean, you're using cameras, but there are different types of cameras. Right. One of the things that we like to use is full spectrum cameras, full spectrum technology. We've been using it now for probably the better part of, of 10, 12 years. And there's been advances since then. But up to that point, mostly when people were taking photos and trying to capture spirits and such, they would use you know regular cameras. And, and that was fine. You change lighting effects to try to get different things. But what we started to find was by doing some, some research, we found that a lot of what we would call intelligent apparitions, the ones that are able to manipulate objects, ones that are able to kind of uh, come around and answer questions and those kind of things that we get, they seem to come in from the, the ultraviolet end of the light spectrum, from the UV. And then some of the other things, the shadowy things that we look for, you see on TV shows, you see they're filmed in IR, which honestly, the spirit world's around 24-7. You don't need to wait till it's dark out and stuff, but it's a lot creepier for TV. But we're looking at things that are down in the infrared. So we start using cameras that are getting all of that light spectrum. And then we start mixing and manipulating that with different type of light sources using UV and using IR. And I found that low level red light seemed to work the best for us. So then we took that from still photography into video and using full spectrum video. And this is where we start to see more activity now. A lot of it mostly coming out of the ultraviolet end of the spectrum. And one of the interesting things, Maureen, is that in one of my first books, my friend Barry Fitzgerald and I, we were doing research on how we're using this technology and how it relates to other things. Like we often hear stories about how kids are able to see spirits and it seems after a while it falls off and they can't do it all the time. You know, and some people do and some don't, but people say, well, that's because their parents tell them it's not real. So they close off that part of their, their mind and such. There's actually a, a, a very scientific explanation and that is because within our own eyes, we have a lens that thickens as our bodies mature, as the rest of our bodies grow. And it, it, when that lens is thin, when we're younger, we're able to see further into the UV portion of the light spectrum. But as we grow and mature, our body gets that lens to be thicker to help protect us from the, from the UV light that is in our natural environment from the sun. And so we think that when that lens thickens up, and reaches maturation, maybe that's why some of these children that are able to said they, you know, see spirits when they're younger, all of a sudden cannot anymore. And that's why as we delve into the camera work, we really try to look into that UV end of the spectrum. And that's where we see most of the activity and document most of it. Well, this is completely different than the 19th century spirit photographs, which were faked, right? With double <laughs> yeah. exposures. You know, you're, Absolutely. this is way beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. What are you working on now? 
Uh, you know, staying busy, always doing their things. I do a lot of lectures about the paranormal and about document efforts. And I like to look at the history of documentation, like you talked about with, with the old double exposure techniques and things that people use to try to create these spirit photographs. But I'm still very active in the field, you know, and I haven't really returned to TV as of yet because I wanted to raise my family. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the motivational work and those kind of things that I do. But I love to get out there and I still do research and I still do investigations and I'm still taking pictures. And it's it's fantastic. And we still learning new things you know and for me it's it's like a spiritual experience to be quite honest you know it's never been about shock and that kind of thing it's it's been more of of glimpsing the afterlife and sometimes you just peer it through that lens and it's just amazing yeah i mean you don't consider yourself a historian and you're not necessarily a genealogist but you're using the tools and techniques that we're using to come up with information to document some of the same sorts of things we might document only you have the paranormal wing to it. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, just not dedicated to, to one portion or another, but looking into into the unknown and looking to the paranormal aspect of it. And, you know, it's it's fantastic. I mean, a lot of the shows you'll see these thermal cameras and those kind of things. And there's a lot of different people that, that like to use different tools. And I've used them all. I personally think that the full camera, uh, the full spectrum cameras are the best. And that's where I seem to, to get the most evidence. But yeah, it comes together nicely, you know, with with the different ideas of the past and, and being able to travel and kind of immerse yourself in these different countries for two, three weeks at a time and see their understandings and respect for the past and the family that have gone before them. That's what I've always loved and seeing the reverence for family and wanting to reach out to still try to connect to them, which I've always, I've always been under, you know, able to understand. And as we go through this human experience, we, we miss those that pass on. And that's why we look through those old photographs and that's why we relive those old memories. And so it's natural for us to want to try to capture one more with them. And that's, that's kind of where I come into play, I guess. So what got you started at age 15? So I started when I was 15, basically because my buddies were able to get licenses and they were a little bit older than I was and we could go out to places and investigate. And now I always have to do the right thing and tell people, don't go wandering the woods, don't go to places that are off off limits, but don't be trespassing, don't go into abandoned buildings, that kind of stuff. But when I was a kid, that is how I had started. My first experience with the paranormal happened when I was a child, just around nine or 10 years old seeing what we would now call a shadow figure. It uh, appeared in the doorway of my childhood bedroom. My family was up. It was completely backlit. The hallway light was on and it just scared the heck out of me as a kid. And I pulled the covers over my head and said my prayers. I never wanted to see it again, but it planted that seed in my head. And that's when I started looking into things a little bit more. As I grew, I started reading local books about, you know, local folklore and, and the ghost stories of New England, which there are plenty. And that's really kind of whet my appetite for it. And then as I got older and was able to go out and investigate these places, it really kind of took on a life of its own. It was always a hobby. I didn't know there were even groups or anything that did this stuff. It was just what I did. And uh, then it ended up just, you know, combining different aspects of my life. I, my first job out of college, I took uh, a course and in, in, in majored in television production. I was a camera operator for CBS and Fox local news affiliates in New England for about seven years. And so I'm taking the video aspect of what I do there and bringing that into my my research and investigations, not knowing that there was going to be reality TV down the line and that I'd be a part of these programs and everything. But uh, it was a nice little mix and blend of all my understandings coming forward. I'm going to ask you, do you have a family photograph of your own that really calls to you? There's there's one of myself um, sitting with my grandfather from when I was a child. And he was always someone who was so very, very important to me. 
and he has a you know little gray crew cut and everything and always dressed in like the same like kind of drab olive green pants and little flannel shirts and it, it's so funny that you mentioned it because I just noticed the other day, I was like, you know, uh, getting my stuff for work or whatever. And I had everything hanging up in my office, you know, because I changed into scrubs. And I look over and I'm like, flannel shirt, dark, grab, drab, green, olive jacket. And like, I'm like, wow, it's like, I'm really, I've kind of become him in some ways, you know. <laughs> but when I look back at that, I see my youth and I see that connection and that bond that we had there. And he was the first loved one that I lost, you know, and it, I was, I was in fifth grade at the time. And there's, there was that, that connection. And when I look at that picture, that brings me back to that, that childhood innocence, that family bond, that love. And it's kind of cool to see now how it's, it's still in play and he's still a part of me today. Well, photographs have a way of, I think we all know if we look at an old photograph of someone that we know who it is, that there's an emotional connection there. That's, that yeah. stays with us, sort of embeds itself in the image even. But yeah. with photographs that we don't know, that becomes what I do, helping people figure that out. And when you've been, as not wandering around, but when you've been out and about working on these projects and doing this kind of research, is there anything that sort of sticks in your mind as, as being a document or an image that, that stays with you for one reason or another? Yeah, I remember I was in Austria. We were in Austria at a place, I want to say it was called Musham, Musham Castle or Musham Palace. The episode was called The Witch's Castle because of some of the things that happened there. And I remember there being a photograph in there of a child. And like you start to wonder, I believe that place was family handed down throughout the years. So you start to wonder sometimes like they gussy up the places for museum tours and they get things from antique shops or whatever. But every once in a while you see something and especially in a place that was historical and family owned throughout all those years, you look back at some of these early photographs and it does. I mean, even even when it doesn't have your own family member in, it, it, it kind of time warps you back to that time. And you start to wonder, like, what were the conditions like for this person? What was going on? And it's just, it's a wonderful little portal to the past. That's the wonderful things about photographs, for sure. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but I enjoy it very much. As do I. And as we, as we talked about before, there seem to be photographs in family collections that do call to individuals to, to figure them out. They could have boxes and bins and you know, closets mm. full of old photographs, but there's always that one or two or three that they just want to have closure. They want to figure out what's going right. on in that picture or who that picture is. I don't know. Dustin, really great talking with you about all of this. And I think that all of us in the sort of genealogy history field understand that while we're completely, totally obsessed with the visual images and the visual past and the documentation that we find that we think of it in terms of just being used to further family history but in fact there's a whole lot of other fields that are using photographs and documents to do different sorts of things and that was the point behind this series uh, that I've been working on is different professions and how they use the things that we use as genealogists so I want to thank you for joining me on the photo detective that was my absolute pleasure, Maureen. Thank you so much for having me today. And if I have a ghost in my house, I know who to call. <laughs> That's it. Just give me a ring. No problem. All right. Thank you so much, Dustin. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you. Yeah.
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. Leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time. I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.